Project Rise. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Evans. Look at that sunshine out there booming. 72 presently, going to climb up to 89, they say. But there's a mention of thunderstorms. I think it'll be later in the day. And tomorrow as well. Special special topic today, the Athens County Commissioner's Report. And doing the duty, Chris Schmiel. This is the party line on 97.1 WATH and uh, 970. Uh, there's a power problem out there. We're getting it fixed. Uh, so um, we we talk to you today on 97.1 and also on uh, podcasts and things like that, live stream, all that. So um, good morning. I'm Dave Palmer. Chris Schmiel, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. You know, I thought we ought to cover a few basics. I mean, we take these for granted that everybody knows it, but county commissioners, how many are there? Uh, Three per county in Ohio. Okay. And um, so three times 88, right? Yep. Do you all get together once in a while? Uh, We have a county commissioners association of Ohio. And uh, we do have an annual conference in December, and then we have, you know, various subcommittees uh, that get together throughout the year. Would you say most counties have the same problems, principally? Uh, sure, on some level. I mean, the, our responsibilities are the same. Um, so, you know. But every county is going to have different, you know, texture to that. Sure. Different shades. Sure. So if you had to name, what are the top um, half dozen maybe things that a county is concerned about? What would they be? Well, I mean, if you look at how much money we spend, the the, the bulk of our budget goes to basically uh, – you know, law enforcement type activities. Um, so the sheriff's office. Also the prosecutor's office, the judge, the judges. Okay. I mean, all of that is funded through uh, the county general fund. And so uh, the jail, that's another big expense. Um, so that. Is, the, is fire included in that? Do you help different? Uh, no. Okay. We're not involved with fire a whole lot now we in athens county we do run the athens county emergency medical services mm-hmm. and then we 911 you call 911 that's under the county um so that you know that's a big part of county government um commissioners were in charge of taking care of the county facilities so you know, you've got um, the courthouse, the annex, the county home, 
the various EMS stations, uh, you know, the engineer's office. Um, we, we also oversee anything that's outside of a, uh, outside of a jurisdiction. We're in charge of the sewer uh, district for that area. That's another thing that commissioners are, uh, you know, have to be responsible for. Um, job and family services, children's services, those all come under the county umbrella as well. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's a fair amount of stuff. So three commissioners, you're elected. Mm -hmm. The term is what, four years? Four years. And um, how long have you been on? I'm in my third term, um, so I'm on the presidential cycle. Um, so uh, 2024, I'll be up for re-election. I started in 2012, um, or I was elected in 2012. Um, and then there's two commissioners on the presidential cycle and one on the gubernatorial cycle. I don't understand that. I don't know what those cycles mean. Well, that's, I guess, so, you know, in this, this is a governor's election year. Oh, oh, oh that, I get it. And then, so that's how they, they kind of <laughs> alternate. Okay. You wouldn't want to have three all-new commissioners all at the same time. So you yeah. have two get elected during the presidential and one get elected during the governor's race. Now, um, let's see, during the course of, um, I don't know if it's done annually or what, but uh, there is one commissioner that's named, named uh, to be, I don't know, chair. Yeah, we uh, at the beginning of each year we have uh, we call it an organizational meeting, where we elect uh, the the president, the vice president. Um, I'm I'm currently vice president. Mm -hmm. And the president is Lenny Eliason. Okay. Now, um, is there any maximum number of terms you may serve? Not at this time. Okay. Well, why do you do it? I really enjoy the challenge of solving problems. Uh, I like working with people, and it's it's pretty pretty nice to be able to you know have a, a an impact on our community. I, I love Athens County, and it's uh, you know I try my best to basically listen to the people and help solve problems and try to move us forward so i i just i really enjoy it and uh, i would have to think that anybody that ran for that job um, would have similar not goals but similar feelings you know it's um there's plenty of headaches right i mean yes there's always challenges there's always uh, problems to address you know stresses to deal with um, but yeah that's uh, that's why we're we're here to, to solve those problems it's not always easy you had jotted down some things for us to talk about today which I always appreciate but I want to ask about this um, sewer extension thing mm -hmm. uh, out there on um, Wonder Hill and um, what's the name of that road? Uh, goes, it goes from 56 over to... Oh, Radford? Radford Road. Mm -hmm. um, 
that have been an area that primarily have been uh, homes using septic systems. And um, there was some sort of uh, arrangement with the city uh, where they said, we have plenty of capacity. If you want to extend the sewer, uh, we can do this. Have I said it right so far? I mean, more or less. I mean, we did some feasibility studies where we looked at which would be more cost-effective, building a new plant, uh, taking it to the plant that the county owns in the Plains, or, you know, sending it to the city of Athens. And, uh, you know, the state EPA, they like, they're, they're sort of fond of this regional model right now. And the numbers correspond with that it's basically cheaper to go to an existing you know facility that has the capacity Mm -hmm. than to build a whole new one or i would think so yeah so um that all started in how many years have been engaged in just the from the from the time the idea was formed to present day well I'd say over 20-some years. I mean, wow. there was the county, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, the county is responsible for the sewer districts outside of municipalities. And, um, you know, back, I'd say, in the 90s, you know, the EPAs basically said, hey, they work with the, through the health departments, um, and they said, you know, hey, county, you're going to have to deal with this problem here eventually. Um and you know part of the part of the rules of um you know implementing this this project is to it has to be cost effective and that's calculated by the medium income in the area and 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 things like that statistically and it wasn't going to be cost effective um, until the the USDA gave us, I think, like twenty six million dollars. So they they basically really helped us hit that threshold for affordability because in their rules it's set up that way. It's like so they you, the, the DA is Department of Agriculture. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that's where we've gotten a fair amount of the funding. Um, and there's a it's a combination of funding sources. Oh. Um, you know, USDA, Ohio EPA, I think, uh, um, like our CDBG, there's this thing called RPIG, which is like Regional Public Infrastructure Grant, you know, so like that's been part of the strategy is to make this cost effective. And, you know, luckily this project started before a lot of the inflation has kind of skyrocketed. Um, yes. So a lot of the stuff was purchased and so... At this point, it, we have a rock contingency. So, like when they're putting in these lines, you never, you know, we do test bores, uh, soil testing. Um, but at some point, you know, you don't know everything that you're going to run into. And uh, so we have a contingency for rock. And, you know, the, the contractors run into rock, it slows them down, costs more money. But right now, we're in, we're in good shape. So um, at this point, if you put a percentage to it, how complete is it? We've got five active phases going on right now. Um, 
and basically the one through four should be done and people should be ready to connect f around the first of the year next year well, that's so not too far away 2023 and uh you know we're working with the health department there's some grants available for you know people that you know have a you know modest income that mm -hmm. you know because every house is different you know like some houses you know the suit the you know it went to the old septic tank and it went this way and now it's got to go to the road and you know if you hit rock and all those kind of details so we're going to try to do some cooperative bidding for neighborhoods where we can get like say one contractor to do a whole neighborhood of connects mm -hmm. so that would be an efficient way to get that done um, so while they they expect to have some of it done uh, or underway active uh, the first of the year, mm -hmm. uh, the, the current anticipated date of completion is what? Well, we've got a couple other phases that we haven't even bid out yet. Oh, really? Yeah. So that those are more like over towards the country club end of uh, Radford Road. And so we've got a couple more. So it's, you know, several more years before all that gets done. So, um, well, anyway, it's underway, and um, people have been um, cautiously traveling some of those streets because <laughs> they, uh, they had to open them up and put in the piping and everything. Yeah, and I think Radford Road's going to be pretty shut down, you know, just for local mm. uh, traffic for the next couple months, you know, because if you've ridden on Radford Road recently, you'll see where there's the markings for where they're going to be cutting in the in the sewer lines. Well, let's move on. Um, there's an expression, and... I had not particularly heard it, and I may just be um, not in the loop lately. And there's a reason for that, which m most of you know out there. Um, Athens County together. Yeah. What's that? What is that? Well, it originally we started this. It was called the Community Improvement Challenge. Oh, okay. Uh, we changed the name to Athens County Together, which you shorten that down to ACT, you mm -hmm. know. So mm -hmm. it's primarily it, we had focused on the villages and unincorporated parts of the county. So it's a way to basically encourage civic engagement and create uh, these little teams of that are going to work on community improvement strategies and uh like recently there was an article in the i think the a news about a gazebo that got painted in albany okay that was an example of something that happened because of this this project albany has a team or had a team and you know we're we're doing another round of this um one of the things we ask the communities to do is to have a diverse group of team members so like a, a kid, a senior citizen, a business person, somebody from, you know, a church or a nonprofit, 
uh, somebody from the local government of some sort. Um, you know, so make sure that this team has a good, you know, diverse perspective. Um, and uh, we give them a little bit of money. I think we just give them a thousand dollars to to spend on something, but then they they come up with ideas that turn into bigger projects. Um, for example, the Plains had a team, and a couple years ago, and they that wound up turning into a pretty massive ODOT project, which is uh, around the high school, and it's going to turn into some pedestrian crosswalks sidewalks and lighting and curbs so you know that's what we kind of want to see it's like a community driven progress and uh you know it's basically a civic uh, engagement you know and if you want to make the world a better place yeah you gotta get involved and it's not that hard to make it happen you know it's really you know i just had a thought um, when I arrived in Athens in 73, it wasn't too long before I became engaged in the Athens JCs. And the number of things that they did to benefit our community, and not just Athens-specific, but the region, uh, was significant. And we had all sorts of projects. I just Googled while we were talking here because you don't hear too much about JCs anymore. And uh, so at the time I was a member, there were 350,000 members nationwide. Today there's 12,000. Hmm. And I, I, what an unfortunate thing because when I think of the various community leaders that have grown up in Athens, or, I mean, been in Athens um, over the years. Many of them, most of them, have been JCs. And now there isn't that platform. Um, maybe there's something else, but... Uh, well, anyway. I mean, I, I think you could s probably uh, analyze a lot of those social organizations like maybe like the Elks mm -hmm. um, you know the Shriners I mean I hear basically that those kind of social organizations and then those are a little different than JC's but yeah, in they... general like the population's getting older and young people aren't necessarily getting involved in those types of things um, well, what a shame yeah, and I, I want to make a shout-out to... And JCs, I might just... I'm sorry, to, but it's it stood for Junior Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. Now go ahead. Well, there's a, a teacher at Athens High School, um, Brian Deering. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys... Anybody knows Brian, but he's a history and I think maybe, you know, social studies or something, but he's been... Uh, working with his students um, to encourage them to pick up a phone and, you know, call elected officials. I got a call from a student that wanted to talk about Johnson Road getting closed. Okay. 
And so I was like, yeah, you know, and, 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 uh, Mr. Deering was saying that, you know, nowadays what he's noticed was that kids tended to not want to pick up the phone and call somebody. They wanted to text somebody or something like that. Um, and so he challenged them to, to make these phone calls and, you know, I, I think that kind of stuff, like all of our schools could be encouraging civic engagement. Um, I know when I was a student, I, I went to a school in Cincinnati. My um, my history teacher basically required community service. Mm-hmm. That got me to go downtown to a soup kitchen to, to you know, do community service. So right. I think those are really those are easy ways to help make that happen and you know i think helping people helping other people is a very mentally healthy thing to do so you know it's beneficial to society and uh so yeah we there's a feel good yeah yeah you get oxytocin flowing in your brain (laughs) well anyway i i I thought the JCs was a remarkable outfit. There are probably other things that have taken their place. I just haven't heard about them. And uh, I'd like to see more of that. Yes. Uh, because if you, at a younger age, participate in this stuff, you're you're more inclined to continue throughout your life. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yep. Well, let's, um, okay, so Athens County together. The um, I, I saw somewhere where EMS, the Emergency Medical Personnel, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, at the county level primarily squads, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not fire. It's not law enforcement. It's the folks that come and help you get to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's something about hazard pay. Yeah, um, we, the commissioners, just uh, were spending some of our ARPA dollars. ARPA. Which is the American Rescue Plan Act. Okay. And uh, we have gotten 12, or we haven't gotten all of it, but basically we're going to be getting $12.6 million to to spend on, you know, various things that are part of that funding. And one of the things that we can do is uh, help, with hazard pay for the first responders that were during the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, experienced uh, heavy workloads, a lot of stress, and uh, there were some articles in the paper recently about some, you know, challenges with our EMS uh, system and the, the the employees, and they they were rightfully disgruntled because. Some of the other first responders at the county um, had had gotten heart, um, hazard pay, and those were because there were other grants that came up. And uh, so um, now EMS. So like, what what other kind of employees? What, what what were their duties? The other first responders were the sheriff's office. Okay. And nine one one. Okay. Those are all considered first responders. And uh, so, you know, they were like, why are they getting it? And we actually, you know, EMS guys and gals, they were just like, you know, we're the ones that are out there dealing with all these sick people. And, you know, we've Mm got to wear all this protective gear and, you know, et cetera. 
So um, we just hadn't had a, that, a funding source to help make that happen. And so finally we were able to spend some of our ARPA dollars and I, I hope hopefully that you know can help uh, you know soothe their you know new uh, concerns yeah yeah and then there's another grant that we're gonna apply for that just became available where we're gonna try to get some retention bonuses and and uh, in in general like just like the JCs I mean there's it's a challenging uh, work sector you know in EMS right now. Um, it's it's not enough not enough people are getting into it and there's it's very competitive around it's becoming more and more competitive because there's not enough in people that want to do that work and uh, from what I've heard also with the volunteer fire departments you know volunteer fire departments they're getting older and we're not getting enough young people in, engaged with that stuff so similar challenges yeah, and, and often that's a family thing. So, like, you know, the grandfather did it, then the father, and now the son. You know, it, it, you see many of those kind of relationships in the volunteer fire departments. Mm -hmm. And um, we just need to have people get more engaged yep. in helping their communities. And uh, in some cases, there will be a, some, a few dollars involved, but not, not always. Right. Um, let's see here. Land banks. Yes. Uh, we've talked about this off and on for several years. Let's once again define what a land bank is and what it can or is meant to do. Okay, so a land bank basically helps revitalize properties that have become abandoned and tax delinquent primarily that's our goal okay um there you know someone passes away they didn't have a probate um their house just sits there or maybe they had no family you know things like that houses just sit there vacant and you know taxes pile up those are the ones that the land bank has dealt with primarily not everybody dies, but, you know, some people walk away from a house because of a mortgage or, um, and if they sit there for 10, 10 plus years, a lot of times they are hard to save. Um, so the, you, you mean if the house isn't maintained for a number of years or the yes. building, it, yes. um, then uh, it's beyond the, the cost to bring it up to par. Uh, exceeds what it's worth. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of several of the properties we've dealt with have been in flood areas. They've been flooded by a couple times, and same situation. People really can't live in those anymore, and then nobody wants to finish. You know, pay for the taxes, and they just sit there. And so the land bank, we've been able to go in and we've get funding uh, in various ways, but we demolish those you know, basically safety and health hazard houses and, uh, you know, prepare that lot for some other use. Um, we sell, you know, basically we dispose of them to various people that apply for them. And uh, we have a, a website, AthensCountyLandBank.com, 
So it, it looks a little bit like a real estate page um, because we've got we we have some buildings that are you know would be a fixer upper for somebody. Um, a lot of the work we've done has been in Trimble Township and Nelsonville, but you know we've had projects in Shade, Albany, um, you know, Chansey, a fair amount in Chansey, um, so kind of all over the place. But uh, not every county has a land bank. Uh, I think there's about 58 counties out of 88, so. It took a little bit of extra work to get it started, but really glad that Athens County got that going. And that was an example of a citizen-driven uh, project. Uh, folks from Trimble Township and the Trimble Bridge Builders mm -hmm. helped uh, educate the co the commissioners and lobby them to help get that started. And uh, you know, if you if you were living next to so, an ab abandoned property, and it how many I'm sorry, I interrupted. Finish, finish that. Well, I mean, you know, if if you're living next to an, an abandoned property, you know, a lot of times the neighbors are pretty happy when we when we show up and clean the place up. Yeah. And we've done around, you know, fifty, sixty plus. Really. We got, we've got another about uh, hundred in the pipeline. Wow. You know, there's a process that we have to go through with foreclosures, and. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of success stories. Um, you know, there's a place in Trimble, the village of Trimble, that uh, had an abandoned trailer and it had a little garage. The garage was in not bad shape; it was full of trash. And um, we w we were able to demolish the uh, the trailer, cleaned up the the uh, garage, and uh, disposed of it to a local um, business recently. Right. And they're uh, using that garage to. Um, they they do like um, contracting. So, well, the um, so um, is this open to people to say, uh, tell me where these places are? I might be interested. Yeah, go to AthensCountyLandBank.com. Oh. And they're all of our listings are on there. Okay. Um, and those are the ones that we have right now. And so we're always, you know, basically if, if somebody alerts us to an abandoned tax delinquent property, we, you know, put it together as a proposal. And it takes a while for us to get all the legal stuff done with the foreclosures and such. But, you know, those become projects. That, so, we you know, we've cycled through them, basically. I know the city is entirely different than the county but uh, there are a couple of homes I'm sorry I should say houses in Athens um, that have a, a big square X on them ah. and I assume that's where the property has gotten to such a degree they don't want anyone living in it and there will be some sort of forthcoming plans to either demolish or whatever. Yes. And, you know, sometimes the treasurer, who is Rick Wasserman at the county, mm -hmm. he decides, do we want this to go to the land bank or do we want it to go to a sheriff's sale? Mm -hmm. And when we think, when he thinks that um, there will be bidders 
of a significant amount that would pay off the back taxes and such, um, he'll send it to sheriff's sale. Now, if, if you've got a really horrible property that has a lot of liabilities and not a lot of value, those ones are the ones that go to the land bank because you put them in the sheriff's sale and no one bids on them, then you basically wasted a lot of time and resources. All right, time to move on. Um, there's a, uh, what do they call it? Orca? Yeah, the... What's uh, that stand for? The Outdoor Recreation Council of Appalachia. Okay, so this is something we can really be proud of. And we can also uh, promote it and have many people visit our region, right? Yes. So, let's see, now there's a Bailey's Trail, right? Yep. That's in development, or is it done, or is it always going to be expanded? Well, there's, I believe, 30-some miles of trail on the ground, and there was just a bid process, which I unfortunately don't have the uh, what happened with that bid yet. That's all right. Um, but there, the bid was for, I think, another 30-some miles to get built. Um, yeah, these are mountain bike uh, optimized trails and uh, there's it's primarily on the Wayne National Forest property Okay. and there's a trailhead in the village of Chansey where if you drive up Route 13 you may see a lot of construction going on they've received some significant funding to upgrade those facilities and then there's a trailhead in Doneville which is a community the south of Nelsonville. Right. And there will eventually be a, another trailhead in the village of Buchtel. And this is going to be the, when it's complete, it's going to have 88 miles of this mountain biking trails, and it's going to be going to be the longest continu- contiguous mountain biking trail system east of the Mississippi. Oh. So. Well, that's kind of cool. It, it, it really is cool. I mean, it's... It's really fun to get on the bikes. Is um, it is it only for biking? No. I mean, people walk their dogs out there. Okay. People trail run. They just had a, you know, some uh, some trail runs not too long ago. Um, you know, so it's for everybody, but it's, it's designed to be optimized by a mountain bike. And Orca is going to pretty soon be renting mountain bikes so that people can go out there and try it if they don't have a mountain bike and check it out and that's going to be happening right there in the village of chancy okay let's see here we've talked about sopec over the years and um once again what's that stand for sopec is the sustainable ohio public energy council and i know that you say sustainable yeah sustainable um we so like are we talking about recycling are we talking about um we're talking about renewable energy primarily oh energy mm-hmm. okay this is the aggregation program and yeah right now sopec is in a really great spot to help people save money um our our rate right now is like 5.64 cents per kilowatt hour and AEP's price currently is 6.92 so that's 18% lower 
than what they call the standard service offering. Is SOPEC available to everybody? Uh, if you're in a community that has voted for aggregation and it's passed. And Athens did do that? Yes, they did. The city of Athens? Yep. Okay, <laughs> now, how do, you, how do you learn if you're in such a community? Well, you can look at your electric bill and if it, it should say AEP Energy and SOPEC on there somewhere. Okay. Um, and you could look at your rate and see what your rate is, um, and that would uh, help you understand, too. So so you have to also then say, I wish to be a part of SOPEC, right? Otherwise... Well, that's there's an opt-out, and then there's an opt-in. You can opt-in if you want. Um, you may occasionally we call them refresh letters. If if you're not a like say you move, the, that refresh letter would come from AEP, and it would have the mayor's name and my name on it, and we would say, hey, do you want to be a mem member of SOPEC? Um, if you do, you don't have to mail this back. You just throw it in the trash, and that's, that's called the opt out letter. So if you want to opt out. You put it in the envelope and send it back and say, you know, it says basically you want to opt out. Um, so that's when it was on the ballot. That's the. So let me make sure I understand. So everybody's registered unless they opted out. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yep. But you can always opt back in too. Does this after. only apply to homes or does it also apply to businesses? Um, not, it depends on how much energy your business uses. Um, so there's a threshold, which I'm not off the top of my head. I can't recall what it is, but it's pretty significant. So, I mean, I don't if, know how much energy you guys use here, but you may qualify. And how does one learn if they have, are involved or not? Well, you can... You can go to SOPEC um, website. That would probably be the easiest way to go, and which is um, if you just look up SOPEC, S-O-P-E-C, it comes up right away. Okay. It's SOPEC-Ohio.gov. Um, so, yeah, we're a council of governments, and this is something that I really worked on in my first term. And it's really exciting, you know, like as you sow, so shall you reap. You know, if you don't plant the carrot seeds, you're not going to get any carrots, right? So this whole thing about our energy economy and creating jobs, saving people money. Um, and then, you know, what's exciting about this program is it's a hundred percent renewable energy and it's cheaper than the brown energy. And it's creating a, several jobs in our community. So it's, it's a really, I'm really proud of the work. SOPEC has been able to do. We're in, uh, 19 communities in Southeast Ohio, and we also have the city of Dayton. Um, so, no, it's curious to me that why isn't the city of Columbus or other larger cities uh, jumped in? Well, they they went Columbus went a different route, and um, they did their own aggregation program, um, but currently. Athens City is 25% cheaper than the Columbus aggregation rate. So um, hopefully 
you know, we would like to, we're trying to grow, we're trying to get more communities and, and with the price of energy going up and us having this amazing price with green energy, um, we're getting a lot of interest from new communities. So, um, but if you go to what? It's sopec-ohio, oh. or O-H, sorry. Okay. S-O-P-E-C-O-H.gov. Okay, and that, somehow or other, there you can determine if your address is engaged with this or not, right? Yes. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, you got a special event coming up on July, or June 6th. And it's Community Health Worker Day. Yes. So, uh, once again, help us define who are community health workers. I think would it be the hospital staffs, right? Well, it's, and um, yeah, the, this community health worker sector is sort of a growing sector. Um, they work in conjunction with doctors and hospitals um there's uh they're part of actually part of the nursing accreditation um with the state and uh the health department there's a lady you know ruth dudding of course that uh she asked us to you know do this proclamation we did yesterday for uh, community health worker day um you know they told some stories. Um, this uh, one of the community health workers mentioned that you know she was working with folks who had diabetes. Mm -hmm. They had been prescribed things. Um, a lot of times, you know, people may not understand all the stuff the doctor tells them to do, or they have some challenges. And so, what what they wind up doing maybe is not doing what the doctor wanted them to do. And and these that's sort of what community health workers do. They help kind of advocate for the person uh, to get through these challenges so that, you know, they have better health outcomes. And it may be just explaining things to them. It may be helping them with transportation or with some funding, um, any kind of thing. And it may be working with, you know, pregnant mothers. It could be working with uh, senior citizens. could be working with, you know, drug addicts it's like it's a wide range of things uh that community health workers can do but basically they're they try to help foster uh successful health outcomes for people well on the kim and ruth show i'm sure we're going to hear more about that yes i'm sure you will and ruth did a really great job of discussing this yesterday at her commissioner's meeting transportation uh, there's a there have been uh, various different plans over the years I understand they're reviewing now again do we have adequate um, and sufficient public transportation uh, is that is that correct well yeah um, it's always going on you know the process of you know, not only public transportation, but recently the commissioners um, appointed this guy named Brian Hinkle. He's our mobility manager. 
and this is funded through the ODOT, Ohio Department of Transportation, mm -hmm. and he works for HAPCAP, which is the Community Action Agency, and they have a transportation division over there, which is their biggest division now. Um, they help coordinate the GO bus, they help coordinate Athens uh, transportation, the Athens on-demand transportation. Um, so, but this next part, it's called active transportation planning. And what does that mean? That means sidewalks, bike lanes, and making uh, our communities pedestrian friendly. Um, people who are, you know, kids, old people, everybody. Uh, people in wheelchairs. Um, so that's exciting because when you get these plans in place, ODOT basically has to help fund those projects. Uh, it's going to unlock lots of money to, to make our communities more livable, which also helps with community health efforts because when you're actively transporting yourself, you're obviously burning calories, you're in the community in a different way. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of positive outcomes for us getting this active transportation plan done for the county. And it's also going to connect us to our neighboring counties. Um, Meigs County has an Athens, or sorry, has an active transportation plan. And they're the only other county in the ODOT District 10 that does. And, uh, you know, things like our bike path, uh, and the, uh, that's part of this active transportation plan. So really, it's not just people in need, but it's recreation. It's all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, we've got stakeholders from various aspects of the community, um, you know, from senior citizens, folks with disabilities, uh, job and family services. We've got the county planner, the mayors uh, of the villages and the cities. So, yeah, we're, you know, we've got a lot in Athens County already, um, but we think we're going to we're going to be able to do more. Now, when you um, are at Farmer's Market with your cheese and things, um, how many people come up and talk um, county commissioner business? I mean, we definitely have some reoccurring folks every week that we talk about, you know, their thoughts and concerns. Um, in general, you know, I, I try to make myself accessible there. Um, so, you know, some, some weeks are more than others. But uh, there's always, you know, I, I love meeting new people in the community at the farmer's market and i'm can give him my card and say hey i work for you if you need anything got my email you got my cell phone number give me a call um and uh it's really neat to hear the stories of like how did people wind up in athens um and uh you know i think there's uh people moving to athens a lot of times it's like a connection to a family member mm -hmm. you know like um but we've We've got a growing remote worker economy, I'd say. You know, people that can work anywhere and they like the Athens community and uh, the cost of living, um, quality of life. And so the, that's, that's exciting to hear that kind of stuff. Well, um, 
how many how many times does someone just call you and want to talk about something in the county? Oh gosh, I mean it's kind of random, um, but yeah. I I will give everybody my phone number. Feel free to give me a call or send me a text. It's seven four zero six nine eight. 6060. Um, and that's like a cell phone? Yeah, that's my cell phone. Um, now, you know, when I was on city council, and I had many terms on it, I was amazed how few calls I got. I, I thought once I was elected to that first term, you know, that I would get a lot. But... Uh, Really, it wasn't that much. I don't know why people don't speak up a little bit more. Well, definitely some people seem to be better at that than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I When I came to OU, I was studying psychology. So obviously dealing with people, you're dealing with a lot of psychology. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can go with that. I, I really like positive psychology, you know, like when we focus on our where we want to go, a positive direction towards that. Well, I, I didn't mean that people just call and complain, but, uh, you know, if you see something you think that can be fixed, you might suggest that. But we're nearly out of time. Chris, it's, um, it's always good to have you. We, I think we covered some good topics today. And we'll look forward to having you back in a month or so, right? Well, I'm going to be, uh, we might have to reschedule the next one in July because okay. I'm going to be out of the country for a couple weeks. That's it, folks. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Americans are grappling with the biggest price hikes in 40 years, and it's driving up the cost of everything from food to gas. California Congressman Adam Schiff says some of it is plain old price gouging. This is not all supply chain problems. This is not all war in Ukraine. This is a lot of oil companies enriching themselves at a time when the public is really vulnerable. I'm Jim Crisula along Interstate 85 in Gibsonville, North Carolina. AAA says a gallon of regular gas is averaging a new record high. $4.67. Retiree George Gates. When we think about visiting our grandkids several states away, we got to look at how many gallons of gas is that going to take and what's that going to add to the cost of the trip. Like millions of others, Gates is consolidating errands as much as possible to save on gas. They're putting away hoses and sprinklers in parts of California where new water restrictions kick in today in response to severe drought conditions. This man in L.A. is ready to go brown. To me, there's more important things in the world to worry about than uh, a nice lawn. The Biden administration has agreed to send the most powerful weapons to Ukraine since the war began. They'll arrive as Russia closes in on one of the largest cities in the eastern Donbass region. CBS's Bo Erickson. Senior administration officials said this latest security delivery will include high-mobility artillery rocket systems, which will enable